Chapter thirty seven of the Penny Come Quicks. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Penny Come Quicks by Sabine Baring Gould. Chapter thirty seven On the Lake. Mrs. Sidebottom had reached Lucerne very rumpled and dirty and out of temper, having travelled all night from Brussels and having had to turn out and have her boxes examined in Thionville and Basel she had scrambled through a wretched breakfast of cold coffee and a roll at strasburg at four o'clock in the morning and then had been condemned to crawl along by a slow train from strasburg to basel and by another still slower from basel to lucerne a night in a comfortable hotel had restored her wonderfully and when she took her place under the awning in the lake steamer with a ticket in her glove for flulen which she insisted on calling flu ellen she was in a contented mood and inclined to patronize the scenery the day was lovely the water blue pilatus without his cap and the distant oberland peaks seen above the brunig pass were silver against a turquoise sky this said mrs sidebottom dipping into murray's handbook to ascertain what it was proper to say this is distinguished above every lake in switzerland and perhaps in europe by the beauty and sublime grandeur of its scenery then past her drifted a party of english tourists also with murray in their hands and on their lips oh mamma exclaimed the young lady this lake is of very irregular shape assuming near its west extremity the form of a cross do you see there is one arm we are approaching the other and there is the leg my dear said her mother don't say leg it is improper say stem and mamma how true murray is is it not wonderful he says that at this part the shores of the lake are undulating hills clothed with verdure and dotted with houses and villas he really must have seen the place to describe it so accurately good gracious exclaimed mrs sidebottom then after a pause gracious goodness lambert pennycumquick took no notice of his mother's exclamations till a third gracious goodness escaping her like the discharge of a minute gun at sea called his attention to her and he asked well what is it as he received no answer he said i don't believe in that honey served up at breakfast it is not honey at all but syrup in which stewed pears have soaked upon my word gasped mrs sidebottom what is the matter mother oh yes lovely scenery by george so it is i believe it is all a hoax about chamois i have been told that they knock goats on the head and so the flesh is black or rather dark colored and it is served as chamois and charged accordingly this is extraordinary exclaimed mrs sidebottom yes first-rate said lambert our yorkshire wolds don't come quite up to the alps do they but mrs sidebottom was not lost in wonder at the beauty of the landscape she was watching intently a gentleman in a light suit of a military cast wearing a white hat and a puggaree with moustache and carefully curled whiskers who was marching the deck alongside of another gentleman stout ordinary-looking and comfortable in appearance like a plump bullfinch look at my watch said the gentleman in the light suit and as there were vacant places beside mrs sidebottom the two gentlemen left pacing the deck and seated themselves on the bench near her 
look at my watch turned black positively black as if i had kept it against a vulcanized india-rubber stomach belt if you want evidence there it is i haven't cleaned it no i keep it as a memorial to me to be thankful to the beneficent heaven which carried me through which carried me through mrs sidebottom saw a silver watch-case extended to be exhibited the dingy color that silver acquires when exposed to gas i wish sir i beg your pardon my lord you will excuse me but by accident by the merest accident i caught sight of your address and name on your luggage i wish my lord i were going with you to andermatt and i would take you a promenade round the backs of the hotels and let you smell smell my lord as rich a bouquet of accumulated deleterious odors as could be gathered into one odors my lord diphtheritical typhoidical you see my face i have become mottled through blood poisoning i was gangrened at andermatt by the deadly vapors there i thank a merciful heaven with my strong constitution and by the warning afforded by my watch i escaped death i always carry about with me a silver timepiece not one of gold for sanitary reasons the silver warns me of the presence in the atmosphere of sulphuretted hydrogen of sewage gas it blackens as the arm of lady thingabob i forget her name perhaps she was of your lordship's family as the arm the wrist of her ladyship was blackened by the grip of a spectre i see you were bound for the hotel du grand prince i went there and there i inhaled the vapors of death or rather of disease i moved to the hotel imperial and was saved there and there only the drainage is after english models and there and there only are you safe from the fumes of typhoid the seeds of typhus the corpuscles of diphtheria and the 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 what do you call of cholera you will excuse my speaking to you perhaps forcing myself unworthy on your distinguished self oh certainly certainly but when i saw your name my lord and considered what you are and what the country would lose were you to run the risk unforewarned that i ran i ventured to thrust myself upon you i really am most obliged to you well who is it said we are all one flesh and so feel sympathy with one another having suffered my lord suffered so recently and seeing you my lord you you about but there not another word homo sum nil humamim but i forget the rest it is long since i was at school and i have not kept up my classics i really am most indebted to you and you think that the hotel imperial i am sure of it i had my blood tested i had my breath analyzed there were diatoms in one and bacilli in the other and i am alive alive to say it thanks to the salubrious air and careful nursing of the hotel imperial the nobleman looked nearly as mottled in countenance as the other this was caused by the alarm produced by the revelations of his interlocutor don't you think he said that i had better avoid andermatt on no account my lord you are safe at the imperial i cannot say that you will be safe elsewhere i have been to burn to the university professors 
to have the atmosphere of the several hotels analyzed for my own private satisfaction it was costly but what of that it satisfied me these are the results hotel de surf three decimal two of sulphuretted hydrogen two decimal eight of malorious matter one no decimal of typhoidal germ hotel de la cornette or three decimal one of sulphuretted hydrogen five decimal three of compound fermenting putrefiobacteriatic stuff hotel de grand prince eight decimal one of diphtheritic effluvium occasional traces of scarlet fever germs and a trace a trace of trichinous spiralis good heavens his lordship turned livid allow me sir to shake your hand you have conferred on me a lasting favor i shall not forget it i was bound for the hotel du grand prince what about the imperial nothing all salubrious mountain air charged with ozone and not a particle of deleterious matter in it i shall certainly go there most certainly i had telegraphed to the grand prince but never mind i had rather pay a forfeit and put up at the imperial would you mind my lord giving my card to the proprietor it will ensure you receiving every attention i was there when ill and am pleased to recommend the attentive manager my name is yao colonel yao colonel beeple yao east india company service late of the bombay heavy dragoons heavies we were called heavies my lord will you excuse me said the stout little nobleman i must run and speak to my lady Pon my word this is most serious i must tell her all you have been so good as to communicate to me what were the statistics relative to the grand prince eight decimal one call it eight of diphtheritic effluvium traces of scarlet fever germs and of trichinous spiralis you know my lord how frightful how deadly are the ravages of that pest bless me exclaimed his lordship these foreigners really they should not attempt to draw english englishmen and their families to their health resorts without making proper provisions in a sanitary way of course for themselves it doesn't matter they are foreigners and are impervious to these influences or if not and carried off by them well they are foreigners but to english it is outrageous i'll talk to my lady lambert said mrs sidebottom in a low tone to her son for goodness sake don't forget we must go to the hotel imperial but low as she had spoken her neighbor in the light suit heard her turned round and saw her not the least abashed he raised his hat and with a flush of pleasure exclaimed ah oh, how do you do my dear madam my dear dear madam this is a treat a treat indeed the unexpected is always doubly grateful he looked round to see that his lordship was out of hearing and then said in a lower tone you misconstrued me you misinterpreted me i had guaranteed you fifteen per cent and fifteen per cent you should have had if you have lost it it is through want of confidence in me in me in colonel beeple yao of the bombay heavies 
had you trusted me but ah let bygones be bygones however an explanation is due i arrive under the imputation of not being above board and straight straight as an arrow but what can you do with a man like mr philip pennycome quick the landowners at bridlington got wind of the plan they scented iodinopolis their greed was insatiable they demanded impossible prices there was nothing for it but for me to beat a retreat make a strategic move to the rear feign to abandon the whole thing throw it up and turn my attention elsewhere then when they were in a state of panic my design was to reappear and buy the land on my own terms not any more on theirs why my dear madam i would have saved the shareholders thousands on thousands of pounds and raised the interest from perhaps a modest seven to twenty-five per cent and a decimal or so more but i was not trusted the money confined to me was withdrawn and others will make fortunes instead of us i schemed others will carry out my scheme seek vos non vobus maleficatus apes and you know the rest aratis bovis and so on then bipolyao stood up and handed his card to mrs sidebottom saying you will at least do me this favor give my card to the proprietor of the hotel imperial and he will care for you as for a princess of the blood royal then he stalked away mrs sidebottom turned dejectedly to her son lamb i believe i was premature after all there was management in that affair of course his was the right way to bring those landowners to their knees let us take a turn bipolyao had now attached himself to another party of strangers tourists whose acquaintance he had probably made at a hotel in lucerne and he walked the deck with them when they were four then mrs sidebottom and her son were in the rear but when they turned on their heels then she turned also and walked aft and heard their conversation during that portion of the walk the subject was st bernard dogs and apparently bipolyao had some scheme connected with them which he was propounding my dear sirs when the st gothard tunnel is complete answer me what will become of the hospice to what use can it be put it will be sold for a song as not a traveller will cross the mountain when he can pass under it for a song literally for a song of sixpence now can you conceive of a place more calculated by nature as a nursery of mount st bernard dogs and the necessary buildings given away given for nothing to save them from crumbling into ruin there is a demand a growing demand for mount st bernard dogs that only wants a little coaxing to become a perfect furor we will send one as a present to her royal highness the princess of wales we will get in france an idea that the st bernard dog is a badge of the republic and that all true republicans are bound to have mount st bernard dogs we will get some smart writers in america to dash off some sparkling articles in the illustrated magazines and the demand becomes furious say the population of france is thirty-seven millions actually it is more and of these two-thirds say twenty-five millions are republicans and of these 
one half are in a position to buy mount st bernard dogs and we fan the partisan fever to a height by means of the press which is easily done by dropping a few pounds into the hands of writers and proprietors say that one-third only of those in a position to buy the dogs actually ask for them that makes five millions of mount st bernard dogs to be supplied to france alone then consider england if it becomes the fashion there and it will become the fashion if the princess of wales accepts a dog from us and walks about with one every lady of distinction and then in the next year every servant girl will want a st bernard dog and further i have calculated that we can feed a dog at less than three farthings a day say the total cost is a guinea i have made inquiries and i find i shall be able to buy up the broken meat at a very low figure from the great hotels of switzerland during the season this will be conveyed to the hospice and there frozen so it will keep and be doled out to the dogs daily as required let us say that the interest on the outlay in purchasing the hospice and in maintaining the staff of dog keepers be one guinea per dog that makes the total outlay two guineas on each pup and a pup a year old we shall not sell under ten pounds now calculate the profit for yourself eight pounds a dog and four millions supplied to france alone to enthusiasts for the republic and quite two millions to england to those who imitate her royal highness the princes of wales and seven millions to the united states for americans who copy french or english fashions and you have a total of thirteen millions of dogs at eight pounds each a clear profit of one hundred and twenty-five millions if we put the matter in decimals the party turned and were before mrs sidebottom she could not hear what followed my dear lamb whispered she did you hear that what a chance what a head the colonel has at the next revolution mrs sidebottom heard something more about the dog scheme you see gentlemen the splendid thing is that the dogs suffer from pulmonary complaints when in the plains and will not breed away from the eternal snows two great advantages to us shares preference shares at ten pounds are to be subscribed in full others as called in at intervals of six months i myself guarantee fifteen per cent but as you see for yourselves gentlemen the scheme cannot fail to succeed and the profits will be overwhelming are you going on to andermatt asked one of the gentlemen walking with Beepal yao no sir i have had a bad attack you can see the traces in my face i will also show you my watch how it was blackened i have been ordered by my medical advisers to cruise up and down the lake of the five cantons and inhale the air off the water till i am thoroughly restored by the way if you are going to the hotel imperial at andermatt would you take my card to the proprietor he is interested about the dogs Beepal yao now crossed the deck to a party that was clustered together at the bulwarks with an opera glass that was passed from hand to hand it consisted of a tall man with a broad-brimmed hat bushy black whiskers a white tie and clerical coat his wife his sister and five daughters 
a comfortable religiosity surrounded the group as a halo bipolya raised his hat beg pardon sir a clergyman yes i am and a dean doubtless you will excuse my interrupting you but i have ventured here thinking you might like to know about a very remarkable movement after the truth in italy in the heart and centre of ignorance and superstition count caprilli is the leading spirit it is no use sir as no doubt you are aware pulling at the leaves and nipping the extremities of the upas you must strike at the root and that is what my dear friend count caprilli is doing he is quite an evangelist inspired with the utmost enthusiasm i have here a letter from him descriptive of the progress the truth is making in rome in rome itself it is in italian do you read italian sir N no but mother can you to his wife no but minnie has learned it of a daughter who reddened to the roots of her fair hair and allowed that if it were in print she might make it out never mind said bipo yao or colonel yao as he now called himself i can give you the contents in a few words a year ago his little congregation number twenty it now counts one hundred and eighty-five and at times even a couple of decimals more at this rate he reckons that the whole of the eternal city will have embraced the truth in twenty-five years and two months unless the eagerness to embrace it grows in geometrical instead of arithmetical progression in florence and turin the increase is even more rapid indeed it may fairly be said that superstition is undermined and that the whole fabric will collapse between ourselves i know as a fact that the pope when he heard of the success of count caprilli attempted to commit suicide and has to be watched day and night he is such a prey to despair you have perhaps seen my letters to the archbishop of canterbury on the subject they appeared in some of the papers only one thing is needed to crown the whole movement with success and that is money the count has urged me to act as his intermediary secretary and treasurer as regards england and america and i shall be most happy to forward to him any contributions i may receive dear me said the dean this is most interesting have any of our bishops taken up the matter in letters that i have they express the deepest interest in it i shall be most happy to subscribe a sovereign said the dean fumbling in his purse and i also said his wife and i as well put in his sister i will note all in my book of contributions said yao receiving the money and finding to his disgust that he had been given twenty franc instead of twenty shilling pieces would you mind sir if you go to as i take it for granted you will if you go to the hotel imperial ah we are going to the surf that is a very third-rate inn hardly suitable for a dignitary of the church but if you will take my card bipo yao of the bombay heavies to the proprietor of the hotel imperial he will treat you well and be reasonable in his charges he is most interested in the movement of signor caprilli and is a convert but secretly 
ask him about the movement and he will open to you show him my card and he will confide his religious views to you i am most obliged we will certainly go to the imperial ah mamma here we are at the landing-place as mrs sidebottom left the boat at the station which she called flew ellen she held out her hand to colonel yow i hope bygones will be bygones she said i will take some shares in the st bernard dogs preference shares please End of chapter 37